Village Kids. Hi, this is Village Kids, a podcast hosted by four childhood best friends. My name is Julia. My name is Erin. I'm Annika. And I'm Marga. So for today's episode, we're introducing a new segment called Pour It Out, where we where our conversations are unstructured and free-flowing. And for this episode, the first question is, what is the unattainable dream? So what do you really want to be, guys? Also, cheers to that, because we have to drink for this one. Cheers. 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 For those of you listening, get a drink. Drink with us. If you don't feel like drinking, don't drink. If you're underage, don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How about we start shallow? Like, what did you want to be when you were kids? Okay. Like your childhood dream. Okay. Yeah. As a child, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I'm not even that fashionable. But your sense of style is like so iconic. Like if it's you see so it, you're like, oh, it's yeah. Julia I would Brown. say you're fashionable. What? Yeah. You're literally, She's so before, cool. in my senior year of college, I was wearing a black shirt and joggers every day and sneakers oh my gosh you know what i remember from high school you used to really like the skulls yes (laughs) whenever i see the skull i'm still like oh i should buy that for julia (laughs) i still think like julia's style is very punk rock (laughs) but like you know like that's what all the models wear that like rocker t-shirt type of yeah so that was my childhood dream what was yours for me, what I can remember really wanting to be first was like a singer. Like, oh my god! Really? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. I never this knew. Is like kindergarten dreams. Oh, okay. And then from there, started telling people that oh, I want to be five different things mm-hmm. when I grow up. I want to be a singer, not just a singer anymore. I want to be a writer, uh-huh. an artist, a lawyer, what? a doctor. Yeah. I oh, never knew. Awesome. I thought you always wanted to be a surgeon. Same. That, okay, that's like when I started watching Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Which is really what honed it all in. Like, to, okay, no, I want to be a doctor. Because evidently, like, you can't be five. I mean, it's maybe hard. you can. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard. So reality started to set in at grade three, grade four. <laughs> that I want to become a doctor. And that's in large part to Grey's Anatomy. I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who was influenced by it. Yeah. So since then, like, I've mostly stuck to that and continue to waver sometimes whether it's really what I want. Like, I remember in high school thinking, like, oh, do I really, like, do I really want to be a doctor? Mm-hmm. Or is it more like the drama in Grey's Anatomy that, I, that draws <laughs> me to it? Because being a doctor is no joke. Yeah, especially now. Oh, especially now. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, there's so many things that you have to consider. If before, it's the amount of time that you'll be putting towards work. Mm-hmm. Like, when can you start a family? If you want to start a family. Yeah. Like, time for myself and all that. Like, it's definitely an ongoing discussion that I have in my head. So, my childhood dream. I've had quite a few, I'd say. But I don't remember all of them anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember the longest one was I wanted to be a writer as well. Because no way. Oh, yeah. Well, as a kid, yeah, I would always borrow books from you. I think I even still have your book. I've never returned them. So I had a book card system. A library, you must be blacklisted. <laughs> I've been blacklisted. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember oh when God, you started that. Oh. 
<laughs> coming from Erin's library. Like, I remember when she started that system. Yeah, and I remember drenching one of your books. Yeah, I remember that book. It was an Amelia book. Amelia? It's right here. Oh, no way. Yeah. I wanted to be a writer because up until, I think, grade six, I was this intense bookworm. I was that girl who, during recess, would sit on her armchair and just read. After wanting to be a writer, somewhere along there, I think my mom bought me this archaeology kit. Oh my gosh! Have you... The National Geographic toys? I don't know, but it's like a, a brick. Yeah. The one where you get gems. Yeah, and then you have to dig and then uh-huh. get stuff from it. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I wanted to be an archaeologist. <gasps> I did not know I about never that. knew. I totally copied you with that toy, by the way. After you got it, I was like obsessed. Like, I want that brick. It's such a good <laughs> I did toy. Too. I followed suit as well. So because of that, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Also because I really enjoyed history. It also ties in with the whole wanting to read books. Because I think I read books about Cleopatra. You know, stuff like that. So I wanted to be an archaeologist and like find her tomb or something. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've had other dreams. I don't quite remember anymore. Those are the ones that stuck out to me. I never knew you wanted to be an archaeologist. Didn't you want to be an engineer? Oh! That's the phase that I remember. Yeah, okay. I did want to be an engineer at one point. Because actually, my dad is an industrial engineer. It's like management engineering, right? Yeah. And like, because he is... he just generally likes learning more about different engineering topics yeah. <laughs> because of that he's so good at doing stuff around the house and like whatever he wants to fix like he really goes in depth like he really researches so much and because of that I was like wow I kind of want to be an engineer too growing up I was so into like westernized TV. I grew up watching Disney and um, Nickelodeon. I wanted to be, I really wanted to be an actress, like hands down. No that way. Was such a, yeah, I wanted to be an actress. If I could sing, I'd be like those actresses to sing. Like music actress? No, like I, I wanted to be like on TV. Like I <laughs> okay. wanted like I wanted to be on Disney. I wanted to do the Disney Channel thing. Okay. I wanted I, I just really liked it. Like the idea that um I'd be creating something that people would be watching and like I mean that's something I enjoyed I mean I think that was like my idea before like oh people do that for a living and they start really young and then I mean yeah I liked school but I didn't really get to like school as much as I do now back then I think the fact that I saw people who were like children already on TV and doing something that it looked really fun like I was like oh I want to do that too but the caveat is that we live in the Philippines so Tagalog <laughs> like I mean I wanted no to be an actress it. but not by that much <laughs> not enough to learn the language by heart the way that all telenovela actresses are because that's intense. Huh? I mean, I guess for some people, they grew up, you know, speaking the language. So I guess it's easier for them. For me, it was like, it was kind of a deal breaker. That was my first love, the idea of being one of those. But then I kind of felt like, oh, never mind. I'll find something else. <laughs> it was Tagalog that was the hurdle for you. I never really um, wanted to be an actress in the Philippines. I mean, okay, if I could have done it in the States, like try, <laughs> that would have been great. 
it was either that or I wanted to be like a Milo sport. Athlete. Oh my god! Oh, the one on the, you know, the one on the Milo. I know. Like I wanted. Uh, what I was like thinking. What's what if I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I thought of so many things that I could be. I was Dancing. like, I could I'm be an ice skater, <laughs> but I suck. I can see yeah, but I just can't. Like, I mean, I think it's like, in theory, it looks great. Like, I can do it, but it just doesn't happen. And then I thought of, oh, I could be a gymnast. I just never really committed to it. But I think as I grew up, I started watching other types of things. And then I realized my dreams were more attached to my wanderlust. Like, the idea of traveling. Similar to Erin, I wanted to be an archaeologist because I also liked history. But also, I like the idea of traveling, like going to Egypt. Um, there were all of those um, games that we grew up playing online. And then it was just so, like the cartoon games. But it's like of people who are like archaeologists. Or I even wanted to be a marine biologist at a certain point because I love the sea. And I love the idea of just being out there in the ocean. Yeah, I Didn't think you um, want to be a mermaid at one point. Okay, yes. If that were a job, I would definitely <laughs> do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think those are my childhood dreams. It was only later on that I started developing something else. But I definitely wanted to be someone who was like not necessarily just in one place. I never really saw myself in an office type of thing. Like I wanted to just move around. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. Did I ever tell you guys that I was recruited by Disney? What? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That was the one. Like, this. You remember this, Nick? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember that too. When I left for the States, I was in Target with my sister. And then this one lady was following me for like a good five minutes. Not joking. I was so scared. Because <laughs> she was watching me the whole time. How old were you then? Eight. Grade five. Oh my was god. This is grade five. I don't know how old we were at grade five. Stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. You were 11. Yeah, okay. So 11. So I was looking for my sister because I was so scared. And then when I saw my sister, the lady came up at the same aisle and she was like, oh, are you the mom of this girl? Because I'm from Disney and we were looking for Asian kids. Jules, were you supposed to be Wendy Wu's sister or something? (laughs) So yeah, that happened. Oh my gosh, that could have been you, Jules. <laughs> could have met Dylan Cole Sprouse. I would daydream about Dylan Sprouse. The next question is the realistic dream. Also, like how it ties to college, right? Yeah. Like what you took, why you took it. Go, Jules. Okay, so as a high schooler, I think y'all know I didn't really care. <laughs> not just as a high schooler just. <laughs> as a grade schooler as a preschooler oh as God, a... I didn't care about education until college and especially now after I graduated oh my gosh I miss school so much like a month oh how the tables have turned I my know. friend you guys remember me messaging you guys like oh my god I, I feel like you won't believe me but I, I really miss college <laughs> so back in high school I always knew that I'd fall into like business because my family is really into business and I always knew like at the end of the day I'd always go back to our family business to help out 
my dad. My life was pretty dictated to taking a business course. My dad's here in the next room. I love you. If you could hear me. But um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so I took entrepreneurial management. Thank you, Marga, for four years. You know, everything happens for a reason. I ended up liking my course about social entrepreneurship there there was a crossroad of things that i know i could do in my future like i wanted to help people for one and then i was sure that at the end of the day i would always go through business so i learned so much about like corporate responsibility of like giving back their main focus is not the return of money but um it's about helping people that's really my motivation more than just the business. And so, yeah, that's when I kind of enjoyed my course. At this point of my life, I do want to be a social entrepreneur. Related <laughs> to Joya, I feel like <laughs> we're on a very similar path. Yeah. Because my family is also heavily into business. In my family, there's only one who's in science and she's a dentist. Mm-hmm. Just one. <laughs> Everyone else is in business. Technically, healthcare is also a business because you have your own, you have to set up your own clinic. Yeah, so technically business, Chinese, you know, you get it. Yeah, (laughs) Chinese family, growing up in Chinese families, guys. (laughs) So like, yeah, I think I was heavily influenced by my family too. But I guess opposite from Julia, I actually wanted to become a business woman. So, like, in high school, I'd, like, buy and sell small things. I remember buying Korean pens, the really cute pens and stationery, and then I'd sell them to my classmates, or I'd upcycle old jewelry, and then I'd craft it up and then sell it again. So, I was really into business even before. It made sense for me going into college to apply for business course. But, you know, I guess business is so general. Like, you can take any course and still go into business. So it's more of choosing what make the most sense going into business. So yeah. I actually applied for management engineering in Ateneo business course. And I also applied for business administration and accountancy in UP. And I guess talking to my sister, my sister took up ME in Ateneo. And I remember talking to her and being super conflicted because up until that point, I remember knowing from high school that I was for sure going to Ateneo. And she got in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the top whatever course. But then when the results for UP came out, I was so shocked because I didn't think I'd get in the course BAA. BAA is what my mom took, by the way. No way! I thought it was from UP, but I never knew she took the same course. Yeah, so obviously when the results came out, my mom was like, BAA is the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I knew she was biased. So I tried to ask another biased person, my sister, who took Emmy in Ateneo. I was like, what do you think? And I didn't get the answer that I was expecting. She was like, you have to take the AME because as someone who took Emmy in Ateneo, she said that she felt like um, a lot of the skills she learned there, you could eventually learn by yourself going into business. She was like, might as well get a double degree so that the accountancy part, it's very specialized. I don't know how to explain it, but she was like, the accountancy part is what will set you apart from other business courses. So I was like, that makes sense because what if my business fails? I can still 
practice accountancy, work as an accountant. So I was like, okay, good, because I have a fallback just in case it doesn't work out for me. So that's yeah. when I went into it and I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Of course. Yeah. I didn't know you hated it. I did not know that no, either. But then again, we weren't talking for like a good two years. I mean, but guys, just so you know, she is a CPA. Yep. <laughs> she passed the board. She passed. She may hate it, but she can still do it. Really it's not easy to pass. Super low. What? You took. You took your board exam that year when the passing rate was super low, right? Yeah, that specific exam. I'm so proud of my friend. No. But anyway, yeah, I hated it because I don't know. It was just so mechanical. I'd say I'm sorry. Accountants would say that it is not, and that it requires a lot of human decision making. But. <laughs> I hated it. And then I think from third year onwards, it was more of just getting it over with. I already invested so much time into this. And if I switch to BA without the accountancy, I may still be delayed. And, you know, I didn't trust my own business sense either to just go into BA. I really felt like I needed that accounting part to, you know, make it. True. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, because of that, because I was in that course, I think there was this one class where we took like a field trip to GK, Gawad Kalinga. I was exposed to social entrepreneurship. Yeah. And it's so, it's like, it's not just having a business and donating your proceeds. Like, you, it could be done in so many ways. Like, yeah. you could hire people that need those Get jobs. Giving mothers, women jobs. And like, Providing them jobs that allow them to work from their homes or, you know, it's yeah, like there's exactly. so many ways to help. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until I went there and saw it. I was like, wow, it really is possible. It's really an eye-opener. I regret not going. Next time, we can go together, guys. Yeah, I'm so game. If you guys are going, let's do it. Oh, another one was, I think I read this article about Grameen Bank. Have you guys heard of that? No. It's a microfinancing institution. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't recall which country, but it's a <laughs> microfinancing institution that lends Help. to women, I think. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's empowering these women who normally can't get loans from normal banks. banks. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so mm. side note, we have that in the Philippines. So if you guys want to help like farmers, you could check out cropital.com or .ph. Just Google it. We all need it, especially now. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Can I just say I love how like Julia was able to pull that out. Like, I know. Know she's drunk. Like, it was just like, <laughs> if you it. ever question her empathy, even when she couldn't form a sentence, she'll just easily slide <laughs> it in there. Donate here now. I feel like um, the microfinancing institution is such a great tool because it's not directly giving them money like it's not like a donation it's like you invest money in them so that they have the power to grow their own business and the the financial literacy that they learn throughout yeah Yeah. so in line with that also because of my Oregon college JFA junior finance association I was opened up to this whole world of advocating for financial literacy and like it's from there where i realized that so many filipinos are financially illiterate and like having just 
one talk or like just talking to a random person that you meet like about how um, being financially literate can help them so much with their present status i feel like helping people and more of empowering them to make their own decisions empowering them with the knowledge is definitely a really big um i have no words for this impact <laughs> or help for them yeah and i guess from kind of unrealistic realistic like i want to help in that sense yeah she's helped us with so much yeah she's made us finan- more financial we have this, um zoom yeah. call <laughs> so if you want to book her anything her services okay feel free to ask me anything Yeah, and if I don't know the answers, I could always just ask my other friends that are also Andrew's really like, eager to uh, help. What do you call this? An anchor? You could send us voice messages or just DM us on Instagram. Actually, a really good resource is that org that I was a part of. They have a lot of really good talks. We started this thing called Investment Month before. We have this yearly, I don't know if they still have it, but Uh, we used to have this yearly summit and the topics there used to be like it would range from um, personal finance to like business to trading investing to cryptocurrencies like fintechs jfas they have really good talks about um anything finance generally so yeah i guess because of all of those experiences i had in college i can't put it into like one profession but generally i would like to empower other people Is, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so realistic dreams, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess going back to what I said earlier, how I had so many dreams, like when I was younger, kid. that theme kind of continued on in a way. Like, yes, I honed in on wanting to pursue like something in the medical field, but there was always a part of me that questioned that if that was the only thing I wanted to do. And I remember I'm I'm a really indecisive person. I remember back in high school, you know, people are starting to already like ask like what course would you want to do in college? I remember seeing people who were so sure, now oh, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a graphic designer or whatever. I didn't have that same like certainty in my mind. It's like, oh, I don't want to just be one thing. People would say like, "Oh, like pick what subjects you're most interested in high school." And for me, that was science and business so i guess similar to julia and aaron the lure of business i think such a common feeling maybe it's a filipino chinese thing everyone's <laughs> deep and attracted to the money <laughs> yeah like so actually like aaron mentioned that she was selling stuff in grade school i had like a similar experience i would sell stickers yeah i think i remember this yeah. and like during break time and then it's not allowed Yeah, oh my gosh. I was with you, Nick. When when we got was caught. Was the teacher who told us yeah. like, "Oh, you're not allowed." Shout out, out Miss Heidi. Oh my gosh, you remember <laughs> selling your you're yeah. selling your drawings also. Okay, before that, yeah, I was selling drawings for like five pesos. And there's pesos. candies. I, you would repackage I, them. Yeah. <laughs> there's the candy store at the mall, and they I remember they sold like this jumbo nerd. And my dad, I remember him mentioning like, "Oh, why don't you sell that?" And I was like. You know what? Why not? And then, so I'd go to school with the pack of nerds and ice candy plastic yeah. and oh. a spoon. And then I'd pour the nerds the spoon, and then one spoon is one peso. It was actually a good source of income. I remember <laughs> opening a bank account when I was grade one, and wow. my dad's concept really? of like profit and cost. Oh my god! 
yeah I think I made up to something like 2000 and I was just like oh no my way. gosh this is so amazing like I have my money <laughs> and from there like business has been in and out of my life the stickers and then the drawings I charge people for after I would sell them drawings I'd be like oh I can teach you how to draw oh. but five pesos you don't know where I got my balls to do, <laughs> to the balls to do that like, but you I got you I can teach artist. you who would have thought of making sims on paper that was like uh, the I feel like that's all bor- born out of the fact that I was never bored with you guys like we'd always find something to do like do. sims for example that whole thing came up because I couldn't find a good pirated copy of sims we couldn't <laughs> afford sims buying the actual sims was not even in like a, on the table it was all about <laughs> finding the best pirated copy which never ever worked so yeah, then I'd be like, okay let's just do it on paper so even the creativity and business and there were just so many things that I was interested in I didn't want to be locked in and so in high school I was conflicted between something in the humanities business or science because at the time I was also really interested in like humanities I really loved social studies in high school but I ended up deciding like okay if I want to pursue something in film or art like maybe have that as like a hobby opportunities will present itself maybe along the way in business you also have to be creative True. Yeah, absolutely. When I applied for college I picked as my first choice science and then business as my second but when I got into science I found this other program which allowed me to do a dual degree so it was it's called master's in management and taking those business courses for my master's alongside my undergraduate degree for the most part I still feel that way now like oh in the real world like even people who like you guys, you had your degrees, but you also like ended up interested in social entrepreneurship and there's no one path and to just remain open is so important. And at the end of the day, for me, something that I realized while taking my management course, like, yes, I want to become a doctor, but also um, it's important to not just pick the career like, oh, because I imagine myself being a doctor. Like, no, you have to think of like, what are your priorities also? Like, what do you look for in a job? Not so much think of just the career. I want to be able to have family time and all of that and then pick what the options are from there so that's kind of how I arrived to where I'm at it's more about just like for me whatever my passions are and just bring it into whatever that job is for full disclosure I think my realistic dreams like they're still in the process of being made when I was younger I wanted to be so many different things and I have many reasons as to why I let go of being an actress, of being, <laughs> of letting go of being a marine biologist. Spoiler, I get seasick. Um, <laughs> well, there's just so many things, right? Similar to Annika and to you guys, like we have similar themes as to what we want to be. I wanted, um, I had this dream of wanting to help people. It was a very humanitarian way of looking at it. Like I wanted to work in NGOs. I saw my mom as well doing so much in her life, my Lolo and everything that he did. I wanted to be a doctor for a very long time, actually. And I went into my course believing that I was going to be a doctor because I felt that that was the way, that was the only way to achieve what I wanted to do, which was to contribute to the health sector. And wow, college definitely knocked that out of me now. Um, <laughs> but in the best way possible. Um, similar to Erin, I had that love-hate relationship with my court. I loved it because it introduced me to so many different things. Um, this world of development, of public health, 
and just knowing that the health sector is more than just clinician, that you can work in it and be a filmmaker. You can actually influence people's decisions to make better health choices in life based on a commercial like Jollibee. You know, like there's so many ways you can go into it. And I'm not the most creative person, so that's not my end. But then I think something that I've learned with my job is that I get to work with all those types of people. I get to work with people who are coming from a more political angle and they're able to create all of these movements in health, especially needed during this time. And I'm so passionate about that, not necessarily because I do it, but because I see why it works. There are people who are more inclined to research. There are more people who are inclined to this and that. And honestly, like if I were to say what I want to do, I realized ironically also into management. Like, I think that's a very funny way of saying it because growing up, I didn't think I wanted to, like, I was so far from it. I hated business. I had my own business, guys, with a team. I did it for a year, lost money. Like, I had a food stall, like an actual thing with taxes and all of that. And I realized, oh my God, this is not for me. Okay, (laughs) take it away. I'm done. Thank you for teaching me this lifelong lesson that I am not a business owner. It also made me realize coming into this job that just because I don't like business, like having my own business, doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like management. The skills, I've learned to appreciate it. Project management, getting things working, the operations of it all, and just how things work together to create something. And I mean, that's central to anything in life. But I guess the only thing I've ever really been sure of is that I want to work in health. The thing that really got me through college was knowing that even if I hated science, and by the way, I took health sciences. That's so funny. I had so many people question me that, how can you not like science? You're literally taking bachelor of science, major in (laughs) health sciences. Do you know how stupid that sounds? (laughs) But have you met organic chemistry? I mean, to yeah, exactly. But again, I feel like it was the process. Going through those years in college and realizing that it's not just because I'm not a good student. It was because I was forcing myself into a box that I wasn't necessarily okay with just forcing myself in. Like there's a whole universe of things that you can do to contribute to whatever goal you have set for you. And that's something I've been grateful for. My professor, people I work with every day, they've consistently taught me that you don't need to come from a health sciences or any related major to care about an advocacy. You know, like there's so many issues in this world and there's so many ways to contribute it. Just empowering also because you feel that, okay, I didn't need to be an expert in science to be able to contribute to the end goal of making the world a better place. And I know that's still an idealistic way of seeing it. I'm still in the process of becoming more of a realist every day. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy in this case, as I mentioned, as a disclosure before this whole monologue. I'm still in the process of figuring out what exactly my dream is here Uh, but I do know that when I started college my literally my entrance interview to my course my answer was along the lines that I want to go into this course because if we were in a train and you were to collapse I wouldn't want to be useless like I would want to be able to help you and that's in any case in life Like, I would want my being there to be worth something and to be able to do something about it. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's ever evolved. Like there's so many concepts that people yeah. try to shove down your throat. The idea of what heroism is and maybe it's not the best way of going about life. But I could talk forever about it. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that I'm content in this uncertainty because at least for a certain percentage of it, I'm certain that I'm in the right track. And my dream is to hopefully have that at least like sliver of an idea that I want to contribute, that I want to help without losing my entire life so that's my hopefully realistic enough dream okay i'm gonna bring on the cheese but do you have you guys heard of this quote what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail i have an answer to that Okay. I'm ready. I think I'd work in the UN. I had this dream. I wanted to become a doctor because I felt like that was my pathway. And now I'm trying to build that pathway on my own without being a doctor. To me, it was always just like a clear thing. I wanted to work in the UN because I've always believed in humanitarian effort. I feel for disastrous reduction. I've, I've done that since 2015. And then the whole idea of melding the development sector, international development, as well as like health. I've just always felt like that was the environment that I wanted to be in. But I feel like also it's such a huge climb. It's such a... So if it ever does actually ambassador for the youth, for UN. I did. I was a Filipino ambassador for the youth assembly. Yeah, that's a start, Morgie. You got this. Yeah, she's had her foot in the door. Like, you've literally spoken at the UN. Is it actually unattainable, <laughs> Margaret? We shall see. Got this. We're right behind you. Okay, who's next? <sighs> I don't want to be a social entrepreneur, but like that's a very vague description. I don't know in what way I would want to help the people, but it's really, it's really just that. For me, like as soon as you mentioned unattainable dream, like I don't know why the first thing to look at that I think of is to be a surgeon even though that's the field that I want to get into there's still a part of me that's always like oh is it in the cards for me do I have what it takes and part of me wants to say like yes I have what it takes but it's also a complete oversimplification of the road there and ideally be able to go down that path like it's gonna be maybe 10 or 12 years before I finally get to that destination and I know like there's no such thing as work-life balance really you have good days you have bad days and it's like you hope the net is positive But ideally, I'd like to be able to go through those 12 years and not have missed out on so much life Mm -hmm. or not feel like I've missed out. Like I want to still be able to see my friends and family. In an ideal world, I wouldn't have to sacrifice anything. That's the thing. And that's why it's unattainable. Because to be able to get there, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And I guess besides that, I keep going back to the when I was like grade one or or kinder and wanting five different things. I want to be a surgeon, but I also want to be able to do all of the other things that bring me joy. Like I want to help people, but I also want to be able to fill my cup in other ways, if that makes sense. Air, what about you? I guess unattainable and what I would do if I can't fail. Answering both questions. I would lay down structures that would just make the world a better place. (laughs) You know what I mean? Basically, creating something for other people that once I'm not there anymore, they can still continue to live well. For example, I'm a boss in a business. But if I leave, it wouldn't make sense for the business to continue if once I leave, the other people in the business don't know how to run it, right? Mm. So I want to be like that kind of person that lays down the structure. And then once I leave, everything goes fine, like smoothly without. Like create something sustainable that will outlive you. Yeah. For example, like all of the disaster brought by the typhoons, right? 
I lay down a structure that makes our cities indestructible by flood, by strong wind. And then once I leave, even if typhoons come and go, it will be fine because basically all of the disaster is prevented. Mm-hmm. Wow, we've talked about so much and I, we've gotten <laughs> lost along the way, but it's been fun. Hope for the people listening that we're also thrown to all of these different tangents that kind of wish you guys are a little bit tipsy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so you can interpret what we're saying and the intent. But yeah, I feel like I learned a lot from today about Same. you guys that I never knew, like different careers and career aspirations that I never expected you guys to say. Erin, like throwing me on a loop to be an archaeologist. I know, I, know. <laughs> I never knew. I love that we're all still rediscovering different things about ourselves and seeing the different elements in all of these interests that we had and how that related back to the things that we're interested in now. In a way, there's like a theme going on in each of our lives of this self-discovery. It's just been really interesting to hear everyone's journey to get to where they're at today. That being said, I think cheers to that. I think all of our cups are empty at this point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yup. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to that. Thank you for chatting with us today. For those listening from YouTube, please like, subscribe, and click on the bell icon to get notifications whenever a new episode comes up. Subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other major podcast directories. Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at underscore village kids and chat with us there daily. Catch us again next Friday at 5 a.m. Philippine Standard Time or Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And we will chat with you then. Village Kids.